As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. If your goal is to invest $100,000 in a year, figure out how much you need to save and then figure out when you're going to make those investments. Then you can figure out when and how you're going to invest in those. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Deals and money. We are constantly seeking deals and money as real estate investors, and I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success in real estate. And follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals, or you can follow up with your investors and you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners, then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Followup Boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial, twice the length of the normal trial for a limited time, go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Ash Patel and I'm with today's guest, Chris Larson. Chris is joining us from Asheville, North Carolina. He was a previous guest on episode 2370. You can Google Joe Fairless and Chris Larson, and these episodes will show up. Chris, we're glad to have you back. Thank you. And how are you? I'm doing great, man. And Asheville, I think they half named it after you, right? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> awesome. Today is Sunday. So best ever listeners, we are doing a skill set Sunday episode where we talk about a particular skill that our guest has. 
Chris is the founder of Next Level Income, which helps people plan for financial independence through education and investment opportunities. He is also a GP on 3,000 doors and an LP on 15 properties. Chris, before we get started into your particular skill set, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, be happy to. So yeah, I bought my first property at 21. So we didn't scale up to 3000 overnight here. It's been a couple decades in the works. I raced bicycles for a lot of years and I went to school for engineering. So when I was in college, I was learning the engineering process, which has stuck with me through my real estate investing career. But what I realized during my engineering education was that I didn't want to be sitting around behind a desk my entire life. And my best friend passed away between my freshman and sophomore years. And it was really kind of a, a slap in the face to say how precious life was. And during some reflection over the next couple of years, I realized that I needed to make the best out of every day. I needed to make the most out of the life that I was given. And let's face it, in this world that we have, you have to have financial independence to live your best life. And that's how over two decades ago, my investing journey started. Started in single family ultimately moved into commercial properties, office, multifamily. Multifamily has been the bulk of what we've done for the past six years. And today we focus on multifamily self-storage as well as mobile homes and a, and a couple other things that we have some, personally, we have some short-term rentals here in Asheville because it's such a great place to come visit. Chris, the skill set that we're going to dive into today is systematizing investments. Tell us more about that, please. Yeah. So again, and I talk about kind of our process in my book and we walk, if you're listening today, you're welcome to get a copy at nextlevelincome.com. Just click on the book link and put your info in and I'll send it to you. But I've always been a systems guy. So I raced bicycles in school and I was never the smartest guy. I was never the fastest guy on the bike. I had to put everything together and I wanted to limit variables. So I'd figure out how to do something and then I would move on to the next thing and figure out how to do that. And I would just try to make what I was doing repeatable and improve upon the process. In engineering, they call this iterating. So you iterate, you go through the process, you improve it, you iterate again, you improve, you improve, you improve. So we moved to Asheville and a lot of people thought, oh, you guys just got lucky. We were living in DC, but I just wrote a blog post here that's up on our website. And I took a snapshot of a spreadsheet I put together 20 years ago. And what I did was I stack ranked cities across the country where we wanted to live. And a lot of these cities were based on quality of life metrics. So the quality of life, places that growth was occurring, this was in the early 2000s, we determined places where we wanted to live. And Asheville was number three on the list. And through confluence of events, we ended up moving here. The reason I bring that up is because you know through these systems that I built, we use the same things today for multifamily investing. So whether you're an operator and you're going out and finding properties or whether you're an investor and you're trying to figure out the next best place to live, you can take data, you can distill it down or work with somebody that does that. And you can really simplify the process of what I like to say is predicting the future of where you can be successful. All those systems, how do they apply to investing? All right. So two different things. I'd like to we can talk about how to determine the areas of opportunity. And then we can talk about how to basically short circuit human nature and really help you achieve success in your investing. And we'll, we'll talk about that here in a minute. So the first thing is, if you're trying to figure out the best areas for investing in the future, you need to figure out what are the big tides? What are the 
big shifts that are taking place, they're going to give you those tailwinds. I'm a demographics guy. And if you've been listening to the show, you know that the lifeblood of commercial real estate, specifically multifamily, is people. Are they moving to an area? You want population growth, you want job growth, you want income growth. All those things are going to help give tailwinds to the growth of a multifamily property. One of the easy things to do is you can go on the United Van Lines annual moving survey and you can see where people are moving and do that. This is going to give you kind of like some broad strokes. It confirms a lot of things that you probably already know if you're listening, which is like people are moving to the Southeast, Phoenix, Texas, what do they call Austin? The cheapest city in California, something like that. (laughs) (laughs) But again, if you understand how to take some of these broad stroke data pieces and you can apply them, you can really simplify the decision-making process for where you want to invest next. And then ultimately also decide who you want to invest with in the future. And you mentioned short-circuiting human nature. What is that? Look, I'm a person. I have genetic tendencies. All right. So about six years ago, I started seeing a new doctor and they do a genetic analysis. And I have my genes taken and I raced bicycles for a lot of years. I'm not like a big guy. I'm like a pretty- You're like a Lance Armstrong. Lance is even more muscular than I am. I got to train with Lance before he won the tour, as a matter of fact. Thanks for giving me a chance to name drop there, but um, (laughs) he's way better than I am. But my doctor said, Chris, you should be fat. You should be obese. He goes, but you somehow basically short-circuited your genetics. So now my wife jokes because she's like, Chris, you don't have any- self-control. She's like, if I bring a pint of ice cream in the house, you're going to eat it all. And I said, but I have the self-control to tell you not to bring it in the house. So that's an example of me knowing my tendencies as somebody that loves ice cream to not put that in front of my face. So if you're an investor, if you've chosen your strategy, if you say, Hey, I'd like to invest in multifamily. I'd like to work with this specific operator to invest in this specific region. Then the question is, how do you put a system in place So you ultimately achieve success. So if you want to achieve financial success, you have to say, how much do you have to invest on a regular basis to get to the point of achieving financial freedom? So then the question is, how do you replicate that? In my book, I talk in chapter three about having an opportunity fund. So you have to be diligent about setting aside money. I call it a savings tax. So if you're like, man, it seems like at the end of every month, I have no money left you need to turn it around. So most people hate budgets, right? No different than people don't like diets. I don't like to deprive myself of ice cream, but if it's not in the house, I don't feel deprived because it's not sitting there in front of me. So my first suggestion, if you're starting out on your investing in your financial journey, tax yourself first before the government does, before you spend all your bills, take your savings out first, put that into an area that you can't touch I use cash value life insurance. You can use a money market fund. You can use a savings account like in another bank that you're not going to see. Put that money aside first. Second, determine a timeline with which you are going to invest. So my coaching clients that I work with, we have a quarterly investing plan. I love putting money in a bank that you can't just get online and say, oh, I'll just transfer X number of dollars from savings to my checking account. That's a great point. You want it somewhere different. And before there was Apple Pay and everything on your phone, these financial gurus would say, hey, if you can't stop spending money on your credit card, put it in the freezer in a block of ice. You have to thaw it out before you can use it. 
I'm like, who uses their actual credit card anymore? You pay on your phone, you pay online. It's so easy to spend money without a credit card. So you have to figure out new ways. And again, yes, set it up in a different bank or a different account. So maybe you have to request the money or you have to access it differently. So it's not just sitting there every day in front of you to spend. Then develop an investment timeline. So let's say you're training for a marathon. You don't get up one day and the next day run 26 miles. Some people that are crazy, like David Goggins, he does that. If you haven't read about David Goggins, you got to, the guy's crazy, but read his story. But maybe you run a mile, then you run two miles the next week, then three miles. 26 weeks later, you're running 26 miles. You build up to it, but you have a program that goes back from your end goal. So if your goal is to invest $100,000 in a year, figure out how much you need to save and then figure out when you're going to make those investments. Then you can figure out when and how you're going to invest in those. Now, Are your clients older or younger? That's a great question. I have coaching clients and investors that are in their mid-20s. Coaching clients don't quite as get as old as my investors. I have investors that are well into their retirement years that do that. We'll get back to the show with the first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. What's holding you back from getting into apartment building deals? Is it knowledge, fear, inability to take action, lack of support? If it's any of these things, then I suggest you consider Deal Maker Mentoring with Michael Blanc. Michael's program is the most effective program to help you syndicate your first apartment building deal. During Deal Maker Mentoring, you'll work directly with one of Michael's experienced mentors who have successfully replaced their income with apartment buildings. They've already done what you want to do, which is become financially free. So in addition to providing their own syndication experience, They've been trained in Michael's unique deal maker blueprint designed to help you do your first deal and become financially free just like them in the next one to three years. To find out more, text the word Joe to 66866. I know Michael's going to get you to where you'd like to be. Again, text the word Joe to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind, and let's get you started with your own syndication business. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. I'm going to throw you a crazy phone call that I received yesterday. This guy, he texts me and makes it seem like I should know who he is. And he calls me up. I take his call. And he's like, hey, here's my story. I've got a W-2 job. I want to get into real estate. I'm 45 years old. And I have a goal of reaching $50,000 in passive income by the age of 50. He calls it 50 by 50. And I'm like, awesome. How are you going to do that? What's the plan? Well, I don't know. And then he goes on to say, but you know what? I think 50,000 a month is actually too small. I'm going to achieve 70 or 75,000. And I'm blown away, right? You have no plan. How do you coach somebody like that? First, I'm like, how did you find me? 
And he's like, oh, I saw a YouTube video where you're analyzing property. And at the end of the video, you said, feel free to hit me up. So I hit you up. And I'm like, do you know anything about me? He's like, no, he didn't get on Facebook or LinkedIn or Google me or anything. Right. Yeah. So I, I guess, you know, kudos to taking some initiative, but how do you coach somebody like that? They have no plan. My advice to him and get on bigger pockets, educate yourself, network, go to meetups, but immerse yourself into this world if that's what you want to do. Yeah. But man, that was too big of a leap for me to try to give him real advice, right? Yeah. And he said 50,000 a month. Passive. Passive. A month. By, a month. Yeah. A month. In five years. Oh, yeah. Five years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe he's starting off with a nice stockpile. He's not. So <laughs> I asked him. So I guess my first step would be to stop posting YouTube videos if I were you. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. But in my book, I talk about kind of like a three-step process. Make more money, keep more money, and then grow your money. So we would say, okay, again, we have to figure out how much you need to invest at a specific assumption. And we actually have a dashboard we're coming out with to help investors just plug those numbers in. So if they say, hey, I want 100000 in passive income in 10 years, you can see how much you have to invest based upon what your options are for investments. So if you can get a 15% return, you can plug that in 10%, 20%, whatever your investment returns are, you can plug it in. So you have to know where you're going. So this guy, he's hey, 50,000 a month. Okay. Let's say that's his goal. And he wants to achieve $600,000 a year in passive income. The first thing I would do is say, what are you going to invest in? And talk him through that. If he says, Hey, I got these investments that are producing 10% a year. I'd say, well, how much do you need invested? It's what, $6 million, right? So that's where I would start. Now, is that a reasonable assumption for him? I don't know, but it sounds like it's not. But let's say he wanted 60000 a year and he could invest $600,000 over the course of the next five years. That for a lot of people that are high income earners, if you're listening, if you're a physician, I was a sales rep for a lot of years. I was investing six figures a year for quite a while. It was very realistic. We talk back and make sure that my coaching clients or investors have realistic expectations because the last thing I want to do is paint an unrealistic picture and have bad assumptions and have expectations that can't be met with a plan because nothing squashes confidence than somebody that just isn't making progress, right? Yeah. Chris, I love that approach. You break down and really paint the picture of what it takes to achieve what they want. In my mind, a lot of people just look at retirement as, all right, I just have to save a bunch of money. How many people actually put down numbers, make a budget and figure out what they need to start saving more of or investing more of? So this is what's wild. So my MBA is in portfolio management. So almost did a PhD in finance, took a ton of finance classes, was really interested in becoming a financial advisor in a little bit of a different role now, but I have the same kind of motivating factors underneath. And if you compare the traditional financial world, financial advisors, let's say they charge 1% annual fee. A financial advisor actually earns their clients typically a multiple of that 1% fee. And the reason is they develop a plan and they hold their clients accountable. So it's no different than a coach. A coach is gonna help you develop a plan and hold you accountable. Whether you're training for that marathon, or if you're trying to develop a specific passive investing plan. And I think that's the key. I work with clients that make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year and very few come to me and say, hey, here's my three-year vision and here's a plan. No, they come 
to work with me because they say, hey, I don't know where to start and do that. So if you're listening and you want to put something together yourself, here's my advice. Paint a vivid three-year vision, what you want your life to look like. That can include your financial goals in there as well. Personally, I do health, wealth, my social relationships, and then my personal, which would be a personal enrichment. It could even include things like maybe you want to buy a new car or a boat or something like that. Then you break it down and work backwards to what your goals are and determine based upon, again, the assumptions based on your returns for a financial goal, what you have to do each step of the way. And again, if you don't know how to do that, you know, that's where we're developing these tools to do that. But then you have to figure out ways, like we were talking about short-circuiting human nature, which is find something that you can repeat on a regular basis because investing, especially in the things that we talk about, commercial real estate, it's a slow get rich process. It's get rich slow. It's not get rich fast. And it's not really exciting. You make your first investment, $50,000, you get a few hundred dollars a month coming in. You're like, wow, honey, I can take you out for a nice dinner. <laughs> you need to do it over time to really grow that snowball of wealth. What's the biggest reason people are non-conforming? I think the first thing is that people don't stop to visualize what they really want. And I found a very high correlation between success with people that paint a clear picture. And here's what I want you to think about if you're listening. You get in the car, you have a destination. You take out your phone and you pull up Google Maps and you put the destination in, right? Now, if you go to the same place on a regular basis, you know sometimes Google Maps takes you on a different route, right? If you just started driving and there was a traffic jam and you took a turn and then you didn't know where you were going, you probably would never end up in your destination. But Google tells you, hey, we're going to take you on this route because there's traffic, there's an accident, the road's closed, whatever it may be. You must, must, must have a clear vision of what you want in your life to get there. That's first and foremost. And I think that's the big thing. The second thing that's very correlated with success is do people show up to do the work? For my coaching clients, if they're on the weekly calls, if they're responding to the weekly emails, they're more successful. Number one, a vision. Number two, are they doing the hard work? When I say hard work, this isn't onerous, but just are you doing the things every day, every week, every month, every quarter, every year to get you where you want to be? That's what's really key to achieving success. How do you deal with non-compliant clients? You fire them. <laughs> <laughs> First off, if somebody's going to pay me and not show up, I'm going to cash the check. So if anybody's interested in working with me, you're welcome. This would be no different than the uh, US Treasury. If you send them a check, they will cash the check. They'll put it in the Treasury. So hey, news for anybody that thinks that you make too much money, you're not paying enough tax, you can write a check to the Treasury and, and get that done. But again, I think sharing the success and the tips from people that are achieving the success is important. And I think social motivation is good as well. So we have group calls on a regular basis. So that way people can hear because it's really hard. Let's say you're investing and a deal doesn't go well or 2020 hits and your distribution checks stop coming in because people aren't paying rent. You can't evict your tenants. It sure is helpful if you know other people are in the same boat and then how people are getting through that. So you stick to your plan. No different, again, like I was mentioning, the financial advisor. The reason a lot of investors underperform the overall stock market is because when the market drops, they sell. And then they take a loss and then they start all over again, but they have this loss instead of sticking to their plan when times get tough. No different than when I eat that tub of ice cream that my wife brings in. I just got to get up the next day and say, all right, 
back to the gym and start all over and, and put that behind me. Yeah, Chris, I'm going back to that bank example. I've got a couple, they're really good friends of ours and they both just love to spend. And I'm thinking if they have a portion of their check put into a different bank, I'm pretty sure when you open that account, you can set something up where both people have to be present to withdraw money. Right. Cause remember like you, when you signed that, yeah, bid, if they have a joint, who, yeah. If they have a joint account, they could probably put a restriction on that for sure. Yeah, um, I'm going to recommend that. What yeah. would you say to a couple, maybe mid thirties or even in, into their forties, they just love to spend, don't save anything and don't really give retirement much thought. So again, this is where you have to flip things around. I found in life, a lot of times when you invert what traditional wisdom would tell you, you get more success. So the first thing you need to do is say, okay, are you both in line with what you want out of life? And then you say, all right, we're not going to have a budget. You'd love to spend money. Let's make it enjoyable to spend money. So again, let's say that couple, they bring in $10,000 a month after tax and their goal is to save $2,000 a month. Well, if you give them $10,000 at the beginning of each month and on the 30th of each month say, okay, where's your $2,000? There's probably a fairly low probability with this couple that they're going to have it left because they love to spend money. You take the 2000 out first and you save it first. You pay your bills second. And then guess what you say? Spend everything that's left. So now what happens is you take people and you say, all right, if you make extra money, then you get to spend it on the back end. And you can take this a step further. So if you're like, well, I don't have that problem. I love to save money. I have an investing problem. Well, let's say you make $200,000 a year. And I would say a really good high bar to set. So this is kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. So somebody that's kind of mastered the saving, set a goal of saving 50% of what you make. Because then every year you work, you can take a year off essentially, but then you can do the same thing. So if you save 50%, if you make hundred percent more, you get to spend hundred percent more than you were making. And that was our rule. And a lot of people would like see, they're like, oh, you bought a new car. You, you, know, you did this, you did that. You're, you're spending a lot of money. I was making a lot of money, but our mortgage was $1,300 a month and we'd save a lot of money. And then I would spend what was left. And it's enjoyable. Part of the problem is once you master saving and investing, you're ingrained into saving, investing. And a lot of people that are listening to the show, when you become successful as an investor, you then have a hard time learning how to spend money. So you have to learn how to enjoy the money that you saved and enjoy life. And what I found is that 50% rule allows you to achieve higher savings and you also get to learn how to spend some money and enjoy it on the back end as well. But you have to have a lot of discipline on the front end to achieve high savings levels like that. I love these mindset hacks. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today, sharing a lot of these tricks, a lot of these mindset changes And sharing the story with your best friend passing away is a tragedy, but I feel like it's had a huge impact on how you've structured and led your life. So we appreciate your time today. Thank you for having me on. And yeah, I think if you're going through a tough time in your life, adversity strengthens you in the long run and it's a blessing and a curse, but thank you for having me on Ash and share my story. Chris, before you leave, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? Real easy, nextlevelincome.com, nextlevelincome.com. You can get a free copy of my book there. You can also find all my contact information. Check us out on social media as well as our podcast. Thank you again. Best ever listeners, thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, 
please leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with anyone you think can benefit from it. Please also follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day.